This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, let's talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy. I have the good fortune today to have Miss Barbara Streisand, the unbelievable new star of Funny Girl, one of Broadway's greatest musicals this season. And I am particularly interested in Barbara Streisand because I guess she's the newest, the brightest, the most exciting star that I have seen in ages. She's this generation's shining light. Barbara, there, there's one thing I'm going to ask you right off. How, at your age, and I think it's the tender age of 21, isn't Two. it? 22. How can you put the feeling into your songs how could you have lived that much to get the phrasing, to get the feeling, to get the meaning that you have in your, and I mean this sincerely, I don't care how many other people have asked you, I, I, I want to know your answer. How, how can you know all these things and feel all that you haven't lived long enough? Somebody once said I was born 40, <laughs> no. but I don't know what that means. Whatever it is, it um, makes Well, did you me... have it like when you were 13 and 14? Did you, you the feel, instinct? yes, the instinct and the feeling and the know-how and the knowledge of what all those, uh, those feelings were and the suffering that you put into your songs, just the meaning, period, whether it's happy or sad or you take songs that most people have been swinging through for years and make them, make, you make them meaningful in another way and usually it's people uh, 20 years older than you that have lived a little that that find that possible? Mm. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's, I guess it's my instinct and my awareness. I remember being very young and being aware of what older people, you know, like six years old and being aware of what they were talking about. And I could never verbalize it, of course, but I knew that they were misunderstanding each other or something. But um, also I have a big imagination, I guess. If you have lived with your imagination since you were a very little girl, in your own world, and you were aware of what other people were going through around you, that, that's a big help. Well, lots of people go through life and are not aware of what anybody's going through around them. Mm. That's a wonderful thing. I knew Fanny Bryce. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Funny Girl is the life story of Fanny Bryce. Stage version, that is. And uh, I knew Miss Bryce, and I know that she would be absolutely ecstatic with you playing her as a young person. I know, I know that. She would be delighted with you. Just absolutely. Did you ever meet her? Mm-mm. No. Never met her. You have such a unique career, uh, and we all look upon it as meteoric. What was the one feeling that you had when it hit, and hit suddenly and big? Was it fright? Was it great confidence? Was Disappointment. It... Why? Disappointment, why? Well, I mean, it's a big letdown. Be because you think you have hit the top and, and the epitome? No, no. It's just that, uh, I mean, I, I, when I was young and I wanted to be famous and a star and, and people uh, to like me and things like that, here it was. I mean, not that it was one thing more than another. Like the Broadway opening was sort of one thing. It was, it was, Oh, all the people were clamoring around. It was sort of confusing, and I just wanted to be left alone. 
Mm-hmm. And they all just wanted to grab me and touch me, take my pictures. And, mm-hmm. and it's not that, I mean, I wanted to think about it. I wanted to be alone. I wasn't that happy with my performance opening night. Yeah. And um, you're, you're a realist. You're a yeah. real, wonderful realist. Well, I'm a realist. I don't know if it's wonderful. It is but, wonderful. Uh, but I mean, it's kind of, uh, I just didn't want to go out and everybody's taking the pictures. and The frosting on the cake. Well, uh, I like that in you. I think that's wonderful. And I think a lot of other people will like that in you. Or not like it. A lot of people Well, don't. they don't understand it. They yeah. don't believe it. I mean, they th- a lot of people <clears> just <throat> think that you, oh, you're so excited about being famous. Well, at the, I mean, as if it's all... Uh, you wrong. can always be grateful for having become a success. And you have become a success in many mediums already. I know you'll always be grateful, but I, there's nothing wrong in your saying that you felt a disappointment that uh, so many other things were attached to it and you're not to be blamed for being a little disappointed in it because it is confusing and anyone who has the mentality that you have which must be tremendous you would be disappointed in the clamor because you don't believe the clamor you don't care about it that's not the important thing to you anyway you see this is my way of telling you that i have a great deal of respect for you thank you and uh, your new home, I'm quite impressed with your new home, and I know you have great plans for it. <laughs> You're having a ball here, aren't you? We are, incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, in the, the apartment of the newlyweds, Mr. and Mrs. Elliot Gould. Uh, Barbara and Elliot were married when? How long ago? Uh, last March. Last uh, March? March? A year ago. A year ago last March. Mm-hmm. So you're really newlyweds, and a lot has happened in this year. And you're anxious to have children, I suppose? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. How many do you want? Oh, about four, three or four. My husband wants about five or six. You know, he likes the, a brood. He loves. He, we have our best friends are um, Dr. and Mrs. Corman. They have four children, and we're always. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Elliot, Elliot loves to play with them. I mean, they. You know, he takes them to ball games and things like that. I don't do those things. Thing. Are you going to always uh, think of living in New York? I sort of love New York and I hate New York. It's a combination of both feelings, you know. I would always like to have an apartment here, as just someplace I could come. That's a good to. way to start. Yeah. Yeah. But I would love to have homes all over the world, France and Italy and Spain. And really have a place that is yours, and you don't even have to pack a toothbrush or anything, yeah. just go to. Yeah. That's a wonderful idea, and I know people that do it, those who can afford it, and I think that it's, it's just marvelous. And if that's what you want, it doesn't have to be a sumptuous home, it no. doesn't have to be a mansion, yeah. but it's a place that is yours yeah. in different parts. Where, uh, where have you traveled? If not, at all. Not very uh, much, just sort of places in the United States and, and London when Elliot was over there doing a show. Isn't it great to see places with Elliot for the first time together? Oh, yeah. You've got so many places to yeah, look forward to. Yeah, we can't wait to go to, to Europe and places uh-huh. like that. But uh, we went to Oxford where his show was um, playing, and that's was so beautiful. We went to a pub that was um, constructed in 1163. Good heavens! Yeah. And the owner was still walking around. <laughs> oh! But um, peacocks just roam around, and it overlooks the River Isis, which is the Thames. I mean, it's just incredible, a whole other way of life. You have a good feeling for uh, that other way of life. Yeah, and I like the old, uh-huh. old way of life, tradition, formality. Yes. Beyond Victorian, way back, oh, yeah. you mean. Yeah. I dwell quite a bit on the Victorian for some reason. Well, I like the period in, in furniture and houses. I'm going to make a picture soon, and I want to uh, have a, an old Victorian house made. They're great. Yeah. Dark. Uh, That's the way my living room started out to be. I had red velvet draperies mm-hmm. and 
And, it, and now it turned into the den because I found this rug, so I changed the room around. <laughs> That's a beautiful rug. Yeah, I love it. Where'd you ever find it? Oh, around. Here in New York? Yeah, as a matter of fact. Sensational rug. I've yeah. never seen one like it. What's it called? It's an Aubusson. Oh, it's just beautiful. It's like hand, hand Yes, of course it is. Crocheted or whatever. It's got to be. So I changed the whole room around just to fit the rug. Well, you're going to make a lot of decisions, and by the time you get it finished, then you're going to be upset about that and start on something new. Oh, definitely. Or you'll be pregnant and you'll have to move to a bigger place. How many rooms do you have here? We only have seven. Well, that's enough. enough. That's no, enough for, for, for a first baby, isn't it? Well, I'll show you the rest of it. You see, it's all cluttered up with stuff, so... That's the interesting time, while you're still sitting on the floor and and uh, yeah. making decisions. Once it's finished, I, I kind of lose interest in really? it. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I never like it to be really finished. Oh, Barbara, I am so sorry. Our time has run out for today, and there are so many more things I want to talk to you about. Can we perhaps get together again tomorrow? Okay. Thank you, Barbara. And thanks for being with us today, ladies and gentlemen. Please join us tomorrow. Bye. Hi, this is Lucy. Again today, I am talking with that delightful young star, Miss Barbara Streisand. Barbara is starring in the Broadway musical Funny Girl, which is a marvelous story about Fanny Bryce. Barbara, before we ran out of time yesterday, you were showing me around your apartment, and I think what you and Elliot have done here is just wonderful. I'd love to have you come and see our house in California. You know, we're always adding to it, and I'd love you to see the way I've made certain areas into play areas for the children like the way we turned a garage into a little theater and another garage into storage space and things like that. I don't like to ever be really finished with a place. But there's certain, I see, I, I, I want to do so many other things that, and I can't concentrate on them until I finish this house. What do you mean other I mean, I, I know what I want it to look like, so therefore it's a matter of time to get it. Yes. You know, the time to look for the things and get it. But I like it when it's done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like to be able to come home and do nothing. Just walk around and look at it and read and have lessons here and have people over for lunch or, and not have to worry about more, more, more. I'd like to have it finished yeah. at this point in my life, you know? Well, then you'll have get it finished. Finish. I have an idea that anything you go after, you get done. I don't know. I get a lot. I, I always start things and then leave them. You do? Yeah. Well, that I mean, surprises I, me. No, yeah, it does, but I'm, that's the way I am. I mean, even when I was younger, I would have to conquer something, and then I would leave it. And when I knew I could conquer it, then I leave even it. Even before you conquered yeah. it, even if you knew you could. Yeah. Mm. It's terrible. You still did a mountain of things, and you didn't leave it before you conquered it, thank goodness, or we wouldn't know the Barbara Streisand that we know today. Those things are even easier. I mean, performing is easier to me, but, it, but studying a language, see, that's a real hard thing, because yeah. it's a technical thing. It's not a matter of talent. Yes. You must discipline yourself, and you must uh, memorize and study. It's not a matter of just being talented. If you have a good ear, that helps. Yes. But you still have to study it. That's what kills me, you know, like math, things like that. Those are really great things, because you really have to apply yourself. Yes, you do, and I'm, they're beyond me. They're be I will never be a linguist, and I will never be uh, anything as a mathematician. When you say discipline yourself, I have my way of disciplining myself. Could you uh, give me a quick answer on how you discipline yourself, apply yourself? There must be a little bit more than just walking into a room and locking the door. What do you mean? What are your disciplinary measures? You just say, I'm going to spend so much time today, and that's it, no matter what? No. What do you do? I get very distracted very easily. Yes? My discipline is not a, um, a studied one yet. In fact, I'm, I have a strange kind of discipline. 
it's as a discipline that I do, an inner discipline that I. Um, can't you tell me what it is? No, is I, really, I can't define it. Uh huh. But I, see, I haven't. I'm studying Italian now, but I haven't completely learned it. Mm -hmm. So obviously, my disciplinary measures well, don't work. You, you know? but you're still going at it diligently every day. Is that right? No. <laughs> I hate to disappoint you. You're not disappointing me. I just want to find out about you because I think that your complexities are what's so marvelous about you. And well, I my, think my you're teacher such... went on vacation, so I don't study. And it's sort of like I goof off. You know? yeah, I, like, I, I like that she's on vacation, so I don't have to study. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like going to the dentist yeah. and finding out that he's not able to take you that day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barbara, dear, we were talking yesterday about yours being such a unique career. Instead of the usual story of struggle and disappointment, you've had nothing but notice and acclaim at every turn of your career. And now, in less than four years, you have achieved real stardom. Does this surprise you, or have things always happened easily for you? Well, it's a combination of both, I think. I mean, I remember when I was uh, about um, 16, and I wanted to be famous and be an actress, and I was studying acting, and I decided to, oh, I better make the rounds, like they all say, I better make the rounds. You know, when you're yeah. supposed to knock on people's yes. doors and things. go from agency to agency. Yeah. And I spent two days at it, and I mean, it was so ridiculous. You know, they all said, well, what have you done? I said, well, not, nothing. And <laughs> Which comes first, the chicken or the yeah, egg? Yeah, and well, can you give me a chance to read? And they say, no, we have to see you work. I mean, it was so stupid. I said, well, you'll be sorry. <laughs> and you meant it. You kind of knew it. I said, you'll come it. after me. I'm not going to come after you. I could never bang on your door and say hi. I mean, it's your problem. I mean, I just, uh, it was just a whole other thing. I, I can't uh, force myself down somebody's throat. You know, but then how you? did it happen? So, I mean, if I had just pursued that, you see. See, I gave up the theater. I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to beg for nobody. Was that after I can get it for you wholesale? No, no. Before that. Before. that. Mm -hmm. So then I just decided, well, I better learn a couple of songs and start to sing. Yes, that's another thing I wanted to get in But here. you see, if I would have just... I, I, I don't know how anybody becomes famous as an actress. Yes. I mean, unless you really have... Uh, I don't know how they uh, you get you get noticed. Nobody gives you a chance. Your so first appearance... Excuse me, Barbara. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, if you have no, anything nothing. else. Your first appearance on Broadway was in the musical I Can Get It For You Wholesale, for which you received the Entertainer of the Year Award and married the show's leading man, Mr. Elliot Gould. Mrs. Gould uh, means <laughs> a lot to you, doesn't it, Barbara? Yeah. You're very much in love. I think that's wonderful. Well, you don't I mean, take uh, being married lightly, not at all. I happen to be very fortunate. Elliot is, is the stable one of the two, you know, and he has a very clear mind and knows what he wants and he also understands me very well because a lot of times when we first were married I would say if we would have an argument uh, I would say well then I'm going to get a divorce you see what I mean? You were still running oh, away from of course. I would, giving I, up. I just do that yeah. you see I take the easy way out then he, he it was through him but now you've he, changed he wouldn't allow me he mm. made demands on yes. me that forced me into reality and also deciding what I really want you know mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a lovely thing being married especially the to him. But uh, what's interesting is that um, it takes away a lot of my uh, defenses and my uh, insecurities. insecurities as uh, I haven't got that great a need also to be loved by the world, you know, mm -hmm. when you find it mm -hmm. uh, personally, the, um, yes, you don't the rest have to of work it doesn't, that hard. That's right. And it doesn't seem that important, does yeah. it? Where are you from originally? Brooklyn. And where is Elliot from? Brooklyn. Oh, really? But you didn't know each other over in Brooklyn? No. <laughs> First time you saw him, did you fall for him? No. 
Well, you thought he was very attractive. He's certainly a very attractive man. You must have blinked twice, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, he offered me a cigar, and I took it. <laughs> a cigar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you took it, but did you smoke it? You don't smoke. I like cigars. Little ones, Schimmelfenix. Oh, yeah. I don't inhale. No. But they were, they tasted <laughs> You know... And we sort of, like, you know, we were very, uh, we fought. Not fought, but it was very... Argued. Sort of, yeah, it was uh, that kind of attraction, you know, where mm -hmm. it makes you get... Think. Defied at first. Uh, Defiant and think who's right and who's wrong and how far you're going to carry the argument to hmm. what extents and what the outcome is going to be and if it's going to be worth it. What made you finally decide to be married? Well, uh, it's interesting about marriage. I mean, you, you know... I, we always knew we, we had to get married. I mean, that we were Attractive. meant for each other. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, married, I don't know, you start going around together and you... You just want to be together to, all the time. You have to make that... Uh, that step really, you know, finalizes the relationship. So it's companionship, it's you want to build a home, you want to think about having children. Those are the real, <laughs> down-to-earth, wonderful reasons that people in this country get married for. I understand there are other reasons in other countries. What do you mean, like? Well, you know, some countries still uh, pair off their children the oh, way yeah. they want to. They don't yeah. consider the children's... Uh, yeah. Do you, is your family alive, your mother and father? Just my mother. Your mother, and do you have any sisters and brothers? Mm, sister and a brother. Younger than you or older? My brother is older. He's 30, huh? mm -hmm. and my sister is um, 13. Oh, I hate to interrupt here, Barbara, because we were going pretty good. But we've done it again. We've run out of time. Could I impose upon you to be with us again tomorrow? You have a lot of wonderful things to say, and I don't want to miss any of them. Okay. Thank you so much, Barbara. Bye now, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, this is Lucy, and I'm very pleased to have once more as my guest, Miss Barbara Streisand, who, as I'm sure most of you know, is starring in the Broadway musical Funny Girl. Barbara, you mentioned something yesterday that I wanted to get back to. You said that you just went into a corner by yourself and decided you should learn a couple of songs. Now, I heard this about you, and I couldn't believe it. I, I just had visions of you singing, you know, from the time you were skipping rope out there at the age of six. You are now a top recording artist, and it has been said that your albums sell like they were being given away, and yet you didn't even want to become a singer. Is that true? Well, no, but I tell you, I hear strange things, like my mother says that I used to sing. I remember singing with the girls uh, on the stoop. You know, we used to sing songs. Yes, yeah. And they said I had a good voice, but I mean, I never... Um, Just thought of yourself as making a career in singing. I didn't think of being a singer, no. I wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. And you're a wonderful actress. Thank you. Just a wonderful well, so actress. The, I mean, the same way I would uh, work on a, on a part, I work on a song, you know, from mm -hmm. a character. It shows. It shows. But you see... No, not that I worked on it. I, I no, you thought about it. You, you dissected it. You took it apart and said, what does it mean to me? You see, that's where you differ. Because what it means to you is different from what it means to other people. You have brought an innovation on old songs. You've taken songs that we've been tossing off for years, and suddenly you make us listen to the lyrics, and in a different way, with a different meaning, and we are so grateful for it. Everybody's falling down, there. how do you like that? Look at that, what she did with that. She made me think, she made me see it in a different way. And then, of course, when I first saw you, I saw you living these things. I said, where, does she, where did she ever suffer like that, or where did she ever get that happy, or that much ecstasy in her life she, at that age? It's just 
just wonderful, and I love you for it. <laughs> Barbara, I saw in a magazine on the plane the other night, uh, coming into New York, a whole bunch of beautiful clothes that were made for you that are the Streisand type uh, clothes. Uh, are you uh, aware of this? Where'd you see it? Some magazine. I don't know what it was in. Where'd you see me? You in some beautiful clothes, pages of them. Uh-oh, show magazine. Was it show? They were beautiful. They weren't made for me. Well, whatever, you should have them. You are this year's girl. You know the styles this year are so marvelous for you. They're real kooky, if you don't mind my saying so, but they fit your, your uh, individualistic uh, way that you have. Have you taken a look at any of them? You put them on that day, probably didn't even look at oh, them. Oh, yeah, no, some of them are. I don't know whose they were, but uh, it's just a whole new look that is entirely yours. I think it's marvelous. Uh, it's are funny, you going to wear like... any of them this season? I think you should. I, I love clothes. You love high fashion? and yeah. yeah. What was the name of the uh, salon that I saw you pictured in? Gernreich. He, he's a designer, and he's a very talented designer. He did all the topless bathing suit things. Well, that gentleman. Were those the clothes that I was looking at? Yeah. Well, anyway, they are this year's clothes because from the London and the Paris fashions that I compared them with, the legs, the shoes, the length of the skirts, the shape of the jackets, the hats, the veils, the mm -hmm. boxy coats and everything. Yeah, yeah that, it's interesting. They all, uh, they tell me that a lot of people want to wear their hair like this, you know, hanging on their face and they, the ads. Um, well, of course. But it's uh, somebody, uh, there was a cute thing in the um, paper the other day. It said, a woman walked into a beauty parlor and said, I want do my hair, uh, make me look like Barbara Streisand. So he took a brush and broke her nose. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that. <laughs> you don't have a broken nose, do you? No. You have a beautiful nose. I like a bump. You have a beautiful <laughs> nose. Oh, there was another picture in another magazine. It might have been show, but it was another type of picture. The... Um, is it on the cover? Mm. Oh, Barbara, who did that picture? I don't know his name. Oh, it is so beautiful. Now that's right out of the Cleopatra era. You know you are. You go way back, <laughs> way back. I can see your ancestors lining up way back to the days of the Sphinx. That was really beautiful, Barbara. Mm. Barbara, you said something the other day that really intrigued me. You said that once you had become a success, you felt disappointment and that you found the, the clamor and demands on your time very confusing and very difficult. It's, it's hard to be nice. You know, people come over and they say, oh, will you just pose for a picture for this? And you say, oh, sure. And then you see it in magazines, and then they twist it around. They say, oh, you were with them at a thing. And yeah. it's, you just were trying to be nice. So if you say, no, I can't do it, then they say, oh, look at how she doesn't pose with a picture. That's right. I know but your you, problem. Oh, you have to uh, But you have careful, to, you have you to have explore. someone with you. To take a, to act as buffer for this sort of thing, you are. I do, you know, I do, but uh, it just gets goofed up a lot of times. Well, like it mustn't. Now, this type of thing is going to happen many, many times throughout your life. You have to anticipate these people. Now, you're learning about them, and uh, learn from your own experience. Anticipate them, pin them down, get someone who follows up, and says this will not happen again. You know, yeah. Barbara, darling, I wish you such happiness and a wonderful married life and beautiful children. Thank you very much. And all the homes all over the world <laughs> that you would like to have, because I think it's a marvelous idea. Thank I you. think that you should travel to many countries. In the meantime, I think you should be learning many languages, because you're a very bright and wonderful girl. And I think you'd be a great um, diplomatic figure for <laughs> America. I really do. 
But you mustn't be too disappointed in people as you go along now because uh, that's not fair to you. Don't judge too many by the one or two that you yeah. you find that take advantage because uh, people love you when you are starting out. You are very lucky because they love you so much. And uh, try to retain that love for them. That's the best advice I can give you. And thank you thank so you, much, Missy. Barbara. Thank you. Bye, dear. Did you ever think of ideas as magical? You know, they lurk in the strangest places, and often the simplest of them can transform our lives. Sometimes an idea can catch you at a very crucial moment in your life and give you a real boost. One day, I found such an idea in a little old book that, well, it was just this. Don't worry about the whole world. If you do, it will overwhelm you. Worry about one wave at a time. Please yourself. Do the right thing for you, and the rest will fall in place. You know, this idea appealed to me so much that everything I did from that moment on, I considered from that point of view. I even made a sign for myself. I pinned it up in my bathroom. I really did. And it said, is this right for Lucy? And wherever I turned, whatever I did from then on, all of it, had to meet this test. Was it good for Lucy? If it was, I did it. If it was not, I just didn't do it. You can't imagine how simple, how calm and effective my life became as a result. Really, it, it was miraculous. I didn't do anything unless I thought it was right for me. You try tacking up this little memo for yourself, using your name, of course. Is this right for Alice, or Joe, or Harry, or George? so that every morning you can plan your day around your new philosophy. It is so simple, and believe me, it really works. Doing the right thing for ourselves enables us to accomplish many things. It means to thine own self be true, self-preservation, uh, he who helps himself helps others. In other words, if you take care of yourself, others won't have to. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.